Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. We are thinking machines. Our minds are constantly, consciously, and unconsciously processing information and forming thoughts. The thoughts that we accept begin to shape the way we live. In this episode, we'll be exploring our thought lives, how much power we have over our thoughts, and how to think about what we've been thinking about. The scripture declares that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So this topic is an important one to talk about. We're so happy that you're joining us for this discussion. Let's get into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today we're going to be talking about the topic of thoughts and the power that our thoughts have in our lives, how they uh, influence us, our beliefs, and all of those things. Uh, But before we get into that, I just wanted to remind you, if you have listened to any of these episodes of Life Exchange and they've been impactful for you, uh, we would just so appreciate it if you would go ahead and share those episodes with uh, your friends. We would love to see them impact even more people. Uh, We know these topics um, are kind of common to all of us. And so uh, we just really appreciate you sharing and, and helping us spread the word. So are you guys ready to get into today's topic? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we kind of want to start with this basic question of what is a thought? And I don't think we're going to go too scientific with this, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. But do you want to start, Dr. Melody? What is a thought? Yeah, it's when we have a conscious awareness of what we are thinking. So I'm kind of using a word to define a word, but it's a conscious cognitive process. Okay. So when you say conscious, so there's information, there's things happening all around us in the world all the time. um, But when it enters our consciousness, is that kind of what what makes it a thought? Yeah, it can come externally Mm -hmm. through our five senses, or it could be an idea uh, that just rises up inside of us. But we are consciously aware of a thought. All right. So that's good to know. It's just, it's something that we are aware of. Yeah, because our brain is always working, but many of the processes are subconscious. Yeah. So this is a very conscious awareness that a thought has come. Yeah. Yeah. So how do thoughts affect our lives? If we're we're constantly having them, Mm -hmm. um, how, how are they affecting us? Well, they play a very big role. In fact, in absolutely everything, because everything starts with a thought. Every decision I make, every action I take, it starts with a thought. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure people have heard me say this before, but uh, a thought creates an attitude, which creates an emotion, which creates beliefs. And beliefs are what shape what we do. So it all begins with a thought. So that's like foundational to ultimately everything we do in life. Yeah. Uh, Even the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what I think about is who I become, not just what I do. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, we don't often think that we're thinking. (laughs) It's a process that's happening all the time, but we're not always aware or paying attention to what is happening in that process. Uh, And those thoughts kind of just take over our lives. They're um, kind of leading the direction of what we are, what we're processing. And then we start making decisions. We start forming those belief systems, Um, but it's just happening kind of by default. 
in our lives and we don't all often recognize that we actually have a lot of power over mm-hmm. these processes, over what is happening. Uh, and so I think we have power in two ways. We have power uh, over what we're letting in um, and then we have power over what we're going to do with what has come in. Um, and so, Joel, I know you were talking earlier about how Adam and Eve in the garden and and kind of the the process of that information came through the serpent and how that affected Eve. Did you kind of want to talk about that? Well, I think a good question that we need to ask is, are all the thoughts that I have my own? Mm. Because as believers, we know that there is an enemy and we know that is one of the tactics that he uses to uh, influence our life, to cause chaos, to bring fear and confusion. So I know as a faith-filled believer, those are things that we have to confront within our life. Actually, Scripture tells us to take every thought captive. Mm -hmm. So can we go kind of go back a little bit, are all the thoughts that I have, are they my own? Are they all, do they all originate in my own brain? I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I think many of our thoughts come from our external world uh, by what is said, what we watch, what we read, you know, what we feed upon, what people tell us or, you know, so thoughts can come in many, many directions. So the outside world is giving us ideas, giving us opinions, giving us sensory information, and then from those things, thoughts are created? Or can you explain that a little bit more? Well, actually, words create thoughts. Okay. So when I hear something, uh, I begin to cognitively process what I've heard. And so that's where the bottom line comes down. I have to determine, is this something I'm going to accept and meditate on? Mm-hmm. Or is this something I'm going to say, this is stupid and cast it out, you know? And I'm not talking about casting out demons. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm, I reject that thought. I rebuke that. I'm not thinking on that. Have you ever been in a situation where like fear, something will happen and fear will hit your mind? You have mm-hmm. to say, uh-uh. I am not going there. I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to feed on the things I've read and I've studied and I've heard and I know and I've experienced from my God. So the bottom line, we have a lot of information coming in to our brain every day, all day long in so many ways. And so it's so important that we learn to store our minds Mm -hmm. because it can shape the trajectory of our life. Uh, Really, our thoughts can become the prophet of our future. Mm. Yeah. So I want to be careful what I choose to think about if that's going to be the prophet of my future. And Well, one of the things that you said earlier about kind of casting out a thought, as I was processing that scripture where it talks about take every thought captive, captive is different than casting out. See, a lot of times we think, I'm going to cast this thought out this thought out and I'm not going to think about it or I'm not going to dwell on it. But scripture says to take it captive, Mm -hmm. meaning to imprison it. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with that thought once you've taken it captive? It talks about submitting that thought to the Lordship of Christ. So whether a thought comes in, does this line up? Now we know, right, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Mm -hmm. So when we submit it to Christ, we're aligning a thought to truth. Correct. And and that word is is pretty powerful where it talks about submitting a thought. Submitting, I, I think of that, you know, if you're if you're into uh, uh, MMA or uh, 
fighting sports, uh, they had this thing, submission. So you could cause someone to quit. You could cause someone to throw in the towel when you submit them. So they give up, they tap out, right? So this is this is the type of attitude that we need when we're dealing mm-hmm. with our thoughts. It's not passive. It's not like, I'm just not going to think about this. Mm-hmm. Actually, we take the thought, we bring it in, into captivity, and then we submit it. We force it. We force it to tap out to truth. And that truth is in the word. It's in who Jesus is. So I think that's something that we need to kind of maybe adjust because a lot of times we do it in a passive way or I'm just going to not think about this or I'm just going to avoid this this situation in my life. Rather, take that thought captive and then by force submit it to truth. I like how you said it's by force because the scriptures before that, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mm-hmm. meaning according to the flesh. Yeah. But the pulling down of strongholds, which is dealing with, you know, a, a, a camp, as it were, of thoughts mm-hmm. that we have, you know, build up and build up and build up over time. Mm-hmm. So we're in a battle for what is or is not going to dwell or camp in our minds. Well, do you know what happens to a thought when you cast it out? It comes back. <laughs> Right, so that's why we are to take it into captivity and then submit it, force it to tap out (laughs) to truth. Yeah, I think it's worth noting the a little bit of the scientific process here because we do neurologically develop automatic processes of thought, and so just over time, you've developed these patterns of thought. And so I've heard it described this way: if you are like us on the East Coast and covered in snow right now, if you've ever gone sledding and you are the first person to sled on that hill, it's a little harder, right? It's like it's a rough go until that snow is packed down, until you've created a trail for that sled to go on. But once once that snow is packed down, once you've created a trail, it's smooth sailing. And so in our thoughts, once we have repeated a process of thought over and over and over again, it it's a very easy trail. When information comes in, it goes right down that trail because it's something that we have created uh, that path for. And so when we are taking those thoughts into captivity, um, when that information comes in, your first instinct is going to be for that thought to go down that same sled trail. So now to take it into captivity, you have to hold it, arrest it, say, okay, we're not going to go down that trail. <laughs> and then choose to go a different direction. So you kind of have to target or direct your thoughts where it's going to go instead of going down that automatic pattern. And then what happens is you develop a new trail. You develop a new path. The old one weakens, the new one strengthens. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. It's called the renewing of the mind, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's rewiring the processes of our brain. But I think sometimes, like you were saying, we we cast it out. We say, no, I'm not going to think that thought. And it comes right back. And and we miss the piece of we have to be consciously replacing that thought. We have to tell our brain, okay, you're not going to go down the way you always go. We're going to go in a different direction. It's kind of like when you work out. You're going to be really sore at first because you're working new muscles, but eventually you grow that muscle memory and, you know, and, and you've grown strength in that area, whereas before it was a much harder process. Well, one of the first steps that you have to just to even be able to do that is, are you aware of your thoughts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of, kind of, you 
posed that earlier. Um, if do you know what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Because if if you're just going through life and just re- reacting to situations, if we could just take a step back yeah. and realize some of the things that I'm doing, some of the actions that I'm taking that may lead to dysfunction or chaos are because they originated in a thought. So can you speak to a little bit of how how you can become more aware of what you're thinking? Well, one thing I I love the scripture it says take no thought saying. Mm-hmm. So when I even sometimes just listen to what I'm saying, I know what I've allowed to build a stronghold. And a stronghold doesn't have to be bad. It can be a godly stronghold. Yeah. You know, so I'm not well, just talking where, about negative. Even where Jesus said out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Exactly. So you can kind of know what you're thinking by what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. But going back to your question, uh, we really need to think about what we're thinking because every thought we have, it is either positive or negative. It's godly or ungodly. I don't think there's these big gray areas that we have. Either it's going to build us or it's going to tear us down. It's going to be healthy or it's going to be toxic. It's going to be destructive or it's building. You know, we can go back and forth to the- Life the diff- and death. Life and death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life and death are in the power of the- tongue, right? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. speak what I think. Yeah. And so though it's so important for us to be able to just stop, pause, think about what we're thinking about because our thoughts do become the prophet of our future. So I need to guard my heart, which is my inner man, which deals with my spirit and my soul. I got to guard my heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. So basically everything I do in my life ultimately flows from my thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I've got to think about that. And if it is a toxic thought, going back to what you said, I've got to take that captive. And I love the way that you said that because really I'm going to grab that thing and say, you are going to prison. (laughs) You will not control me. You will not be a part of my life. And, um, And I think we have to go into that uh, and I, mean, I tried to talk about spiritual warfare and all that kind of stuff. But it is a battle because if someone gossips to you and you see the person that they gossiped about, what's the first thing you're going to think about when you see that person? Mm-hmm. What that gossip said about that person. Mm-hmm. So if someone says something to me, I got to, first of all, stop gossip because we have a whole episode <laughs> on gossip. But I'm not going to, no, it's the first one. And so I'm not only not going to gossip, but I'm not going to listen to this Mm -hmm. because it will shape what I think and what I believe about that person, even when I'm purposing not to do that. It's the first thought that comes. So I have to recognize if information is coming in that is contrary to Christ, contrary to truth, contrary to life, that is destructive and harmful, I've just got to stop and I've got to deal with it because either I'm going to accept that thought or I'm going to reject that thought. And... um, and, and we really need to be very proactive in rejecting those things. Uh, if we don't want that to be the profit of our future, we've got to reject it in the present, mm-hmm. correct? So uh, I think we just got to think about what we think about. And so that takes self-awareness. It takes a conscious, deliberate choice to think about it. Because uh, if I have negative emotions, it's because I'm thinking on something negative. Yeah. 
And so what what is the fruits, which are my emotions and my attitudes and my actions, where did that? Where was that sourced? Uh, I can think about my life, and and I remember my brothers when I was young, uh, real young. They would tell me, "Oh, Melody, you're fat, flat, and ugly." And I'm telling you, when I was in my twenties, my thirties, my forties, my you know, uh, until I really had a revelation of that, uh, I I don't care how thin I got. I'd look in the mirror and I saw myself fat, flat, and ugly. Because that's what they would, and they were just being brothers who teased me. But you know what? I took those thoughts and I believed them. Mm-hmm. I accepted them. And it, it and it affected my adult life. And I didn't even know why I believed about myself, what I believed about myself, until I really believed the Lord brought that memory back, not for me to get mad at my brothers, but to recognize the source of, of my thinking mm-hmm. that shaped my believing about myself. Yeah. So we have to think about what we're thinking about. And I think, um, you know, just being aware of your self-talk is a great way to start mm-hmm. um, because again, we are not usually thinking about what we're thinking about and it's just happening and it, we believe that that's who we are and we don't, don't pay it any mind. But if we just start putting that before us, okay, what am I thinking about myself? What words am I saying about myself? When I speak about myself, how am I speaking about myself? Um, Whether that is coming out of your mouth or just what are the thoughts I'm having about myself? That's going to tell you a lot right there. Mm -hmm. You're going to start to recognize things you didn't know that you believed about yourself, but by your self-talk, it's going to tell you a lot about the way you're actually seeing yourself. And then, you know, you can also look at what other people are saying, but I think starting with yourself is a really powerful thing. And your self-talk is developed based upon your experience, based upon what's happened to you, around you, um, in you. And, um, you know, there's things that have happened like you and your brothers where that, what they said about you determined what you believed about yourself. And I don't, I think sometimes we try to go back and find those moments of things that have happened to us and we kind of try to start there. But if you just start with your thoughts, and then um, look and say, okay, this is a thought. Maybe you'll know why you have that thought. Maybe you won't. But decide, is this what I want to continue yeah. to think about myself? Yeah. And, and Joel, I really feel like you need to go back to the man and woman in the garden because what was spoken to them caused them to believe about themselves something that wasn't the heart of God. Well, Satan presented a thought or an idea that they n- never thought of before. Um, every every situation that they faced before, they understood that God would meet all their needs. And then here comes Satan and says, listen, God's withholding something from you. He's not telling you the full picture. Actually, if you eat this, you won't die. So he's, he's seeding their thoughts to change actions because mm-hmm. they didn't before eat of the tree. And so he's seeding these things so that it will change the way they think. So he presented these thoughts and then scripture says that Eve became convinced of it. Yeah. She became convinced. And when you become convinced or when your beliefs start to change, it will produce an action. Mm-hmm. So the thought challenged her belief, and from that new thought formed a belief or conviction, and then she ate, 
with Adam, who was right with there her. with her. Yeah. So w- one of the things that I want to um, highlight about this thought is so many times we focus on, I don't like the actions or I don't like the fruit of my actions. And we try to change our actions. But if we would just go back, where did this action come from? What belief system do I have? What thoughts have I been meditating on? And so I believe if we can start from the beginning, if you can change Mm -hmm. some of these thought patterns, Mm -hmm. then the actions or your actions are going to fall into line with what you're believing and what you're feeding on. That's why scripture tells us to meditate on these things. Mm -hmm. Because when you, when you form a belief or when you think on these things, it will form that belief. And from that belief, that's where actions come from. That's right. Yeah. So she believed that, uh, if she ate a tree, she'd become like God, but she already was like him. Mm. But made, she, in it, made in his image. Made in his image, yeah. exactly. And But she believed she was lacking something. Mm-hmm. And so she was so convinced that she her actions actually were destructive to her. Mm. And boy, if you think about that, uh, in our world, my truth is becoming more of a standard of what is right and wrong for someone than the truth. And boy, don't you book, uh, don't you uh, buck my truth. If this is what I'm convinced about me or about others or about my world, then you you can't disagree with me or you can't bring your opinion to the table. And we're cutting off people who who don't carry our truth. And so we must always, always, always take and submit our truth to his truth, to the truth in the word of God. And really, it all begins with a thought. It's interesting that it wasn't until that point that she was convinced of that lie that Mm -hmm. Satan presented that she saw the food as good or she saw the the fruit as delicious or good to eat. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. They were in the garden the whole time. They were never drawn to eating this until mm-hmm. a thought was presented, mm-hmm. a lie was believed, right? Mm-hmm. Which, like we said earlier, when when you believe or when you think on a thing, it will form a belief, and from that belief will affect your actions. But it wasn't until... She was convinced of this lie that she saw the food as delicious and good. Wow. And that, when you were talking, you know, I, when you said meditating, I think that's so, so, so important. Mm-hmm. And even as you're saying that, I kind of wonder, and we don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I wonder how long that process was of yeah, the I devil. I was just thinking that. <laughs> of when he first approached her or them to where she was convinced. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, we a thought can come in one ear and out the other. But what the enemy is so good at doing, he's doing it day and night all the time, is trying, he's lying to you. He's the father of lies. There's no truth in him. He is constantly speaking those lies. And so what he wants is to be so annoying that <laughs> you grab a hold. You're like, okay, I can't just let it pass through anymore. I have to give it some attention. Once you give it some attention, you become, you begin to meditate on it. You begin to meditate. It begins to, you begin to question what you've believed, all of those things. And then as you meditate, you become convinced. And so I think that's, 
one, it's to me, is very helpful just to remind myself all the enemy does day and night is lie to me all the time. It's his favorite thing to do is lie to me. So all the time through things that are happening in, in my life, through um, just, just lies that he's telling me, he's trying to convince me that his truth is the truth. And so just recognizing that there is an enemy vying for your soul all mm-hmm. the time. And so what you choose to grab a hold of and then meditate on is really going to be powerful in the decisions that you make and how you live out your life. One of the reasons we're encouraged to meditate is because meditation on the things that Scripture tells us, His Word, good things, things that are pure and honorable. When we meditate on those things, when we fill ourselves with those things, what increases? Discernment. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when the enemy speaks, you say, wait, this does not line up with what I've been meditating on. So when we don't meditate on the things of God, when a lie comes, we are unaware Mm -hmm. of a lie. We are unaware of the tactic. That's why Scripture tells us to not be unaware of the tactics of the enemy, because if we're unaware, we'll fall for it. So that's why we meditate. That's why we build ourselves up in the Lord. Because when the enemy speaks, actually it talks, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and a voice of a stranger, they will not follow. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they know the voice of their shepherd. Yes. I love the way our friend William Wood kind of says it. He, he kind of talks about the more that we renew our minds, the more we can trust our own thoughts mm-hmm. uh, because we were created to have the mind of Christ. Yeah. So the more we are meditating and forming our minds into uh, the truth, the more we're going to be able to just to trust our thoughts. Can you imagine um, having the confidence to just trust your thoughts because you have developed that and you've renewed your mind so much that it's it's literally been transformed. Mm-hmm. You have the mind of Christ. And I think the foundation of that is knowing that I'm a new creation in Christ. So when a thought comes that is contrary to a new creation design, old all, things have passed yeah, away. We know automatically that it is not our thought. Mm-hmm. It's a lie from the enemy because I've been made a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So the more we can identify with our new creation design or our, uh, being made into his image and his likeness, when the enemy speaks, we'll say, that can't be my thought. Yeah. yeah. That, th- that's, not, that's not a thought of a new creation believer. Now, obviously, I understand that this this is a pro- a process of sanctification, but if we continue to see ourselves as a dirty dog, <laughs> when the enemy speaks, well, well, that fits who I yeah, am. Like, yeah, I am a dirty dog. <laughs> yeah. So, if we can begin to see ourselves, identify ourselves with that new creation being, when that dirty dog thought comes, we'll say that can't be my thought. Right. I've been made a new creation through Christ. So, And I think going back to the garden, God gave Adam and Eve the power of choice. Mm-hmm. He gave them stewardship, not just over their resources in the garden, but he gave them stewardship over themselves. Yeah. And so when the serpent came and lied to them, they had a responsibility to store those thoughts because every day they were hanging out with the father. I mean, 
you think about that. Like, how could I have ever sinned if every day I'm there with the Father in the cool of the day, you know, hanging out with, you know, God Himself? Oh my gosh! And um, but that just shows the power of thoughts and the importance that that stewardship is. And so we have to steward our thoughts. We have to take personal responsibility, you know, because what what did they do at when God? Uh, said, hey, how'd you know you were naked? The man blamed his wife. The wife blamed the serpent, right? And so it's so easy, instead of taking responsibility for our thoughts, to blame something external or someone or something or my past or what mm. whatever it is, you know, to get into that whole blame game. But the fact is we have to personally take responsibility for our thoughts and what we believe. And that I love, one of my favorite scriptures is, and when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Mm -hmm. And everything you just said, Joel, when we're meditating on the word of God, when we're feeding on the things of God, when when that's where we wanna pitch our tent, you know, is, is in the word of God and in truth. And I love the scripture that says, and even... Uh, as the evil day approaches, do we need to assemble ourselves together more? We need to. We need a family. We need the body of Christ. We need preaching. We need to be surrounded by those things that are life giving and hang around people who are meditators on truth and who live the gospel and just surround ourselves uh, with that type of influence, so that it becomes a part of it, not just our external culture, but our internal culture. And because the more truth I have in me, the freer I'm going to be. And you kind of quoted the scripture, uh, part of it, Katie, but in Romans 12 too, I love the scripture because it says, be not conformed to this world. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the, the culture of the world, the thinking of the world, the beliefs of the world, the opinions of the world. Don't you be conformed to that because that's where we live every day, all day long. You watch a movie, you turn on the TV, you listen to podcasts, whatever, unless it's our podcast, right? (laughs) You listen to podcasts, whatever. And the fact is there are so many things out there that doesn't line up with the word of God. It's so important. So I don't wanna be conformed to this world, but I wanna be transformed Mm -hmm. by the renewing of our minds. And that's the way we're going to know those things that are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of good report. Those are the things that we're going to think on. And that's a thing that literally, that's what I want to be the prophet for my future. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about it before in a previous episode, but I remember um, we used to have classes here on campus and Pastor Steve was one of the teachers. And before every class, we would go through a page of um, mm. statements of what God says. And so every one of them started, the word of God says, and if you are a former ITC student, you know exactly what I'm talking about because we we would all do it. So we would say the word of God says, and then the statement was right out of the Bible. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I was born of an incorruptible seed of the living word of God, which lives and abides forever. I can still quote them <laughs> because we did it over and over and over again. And I still have that printout. And so um, if you're awesome. listening to this and you're thinking, well, how do I even know what is the truth? If what I think is the truth is not the truth, how do I know? I think a great place to start is going, 
finding what God in the Bible says about you and just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, commit it to memory. Because now I know when a thought comes, I already have those weapons in me and loaded to say, nope, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Um, I can come before him boldly. You know, there's there's things that are inside of me ingrained so deeply um, that, that when those thoughts would come to defy it, I already have those weapons loaded. So, um, uh, I, I do want to say, like, we do have a lot of those decrees, those identity statements. There's a whole page on um, the Word of God says on our website. So if you're looking for a resource, um, you can either get the Giving Light app or go on our Giving Light website because there's a principle there um, and it's those same statements the Word of God says and they, they really can transform your life. Yeah, and I think one thing when you said earlier, Joel, about taking it captive, what is really good, we take a thought captive, we we imprison it, you know, as you were talking about, but we overcome negative thoughts not by trying to get rid of them, but by planting in us uh the truth, by 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 putting the opposite thoughts in there. Mm-hmm. So for example, um my big word, I'm passionate about validation, right? And so how do we stop devaluing someone? By starting to value them, right? If my mind and my thoughts, when I look at Katie, I see value and I see worth and I see beauty and I see, you know, uh, have a, you know, a beautiful calling and purpose and destiny. And I, I value that. If that becomes what I think about Katie, you know, what my thoughts are about you, and I choose to value that, everything that ever would have wanted to devalue or belittle you or gossip about you or speak against you is gone Mm -hmm. because I've made a conscious choice to value rather than devalue. Yeah, yeah, and conscious choice. It's a good challenge just to, you know, Set a challenge for for one day. You're not going to speak negative about yourself or another mm, person. Just make it fun. Make it a challenge. Uh, and I, I always think about this story. I don't know where it came from, um, but about them, there was a man and he just refused to speak negativity. And uh, somebody came to him and it's like, man, you just speak positive all the time. I bet you wouldn't even say anything bad about the devil. And the man goes, well, he's good at what he does. <laughs> and so he just refused to, to be negative. Um, and that's really just a challenge we can have. Now, of course, there's reality and it's not we're not living in denial or any of those things, but just setting those challenges to, okay, I'm not gonna speak negative. And I bet you just by doing that, one, you're gonna recognize where you're at in that, you're going to recognize how much you actually do speak negative. But when you can't speak negative, you're going to start to think, well, what can I say instead? Because you're going to have to fill the the void there. And right there, you're going to begin to change the process of your, your mind and your life. You know, the word of God says, we labor to enter into rest. Mm-hmm. That means we have to put out some effort. Joel said in the very beginning, we got to get like aggressive about this, motivated mm-hmm. in this. So uh, I labor, I put my effort and my energies, my emotion, I only have so much emotional energies, right? I want to put that in to entering into that place of peace. Yeah. And to think on those things that are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, those are the things we 
think on, which I was talking about earlier, but it's so powerful if we make a conscious choice daily. Uh, there's a man who, he's been like a mentor to me, and uh, I've talked about him before in previous episodes. His name is Peter Demarest, and he's an expert in the science of axiogenics. And this is what he said about thought. He says, what is powerful about the mind is that you have the power in any moment to make a conscious choice independent of your habits. Yeah. So no matter how, maybe we have a habit of speaking bad about someone or gossiping about someone or looking at things in life as negative and, you know, feeling like we're a failure or whatever those negative thoughts are. We at any moment have the power of choice. That was an unbeliever saying that. And we know that in the garden, God gave them choice then. We still got the choice now. They made a bad choice, but we can make a good choice because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, right? Uh, We walk in power and authority as sons and daughters of the living God. So we can make that choice to do, I call it the great exchange, okay? So I'm gonna choose to love rather than hate. Yeah. You know, I might hate what someone does, but I'm going to choose to love them. Mm -hmm. That is my choice that I make. And, you know, whenever we think on those things that are good and pure and perfect, literally God created our body to respond positively to that. And I think on how much I hate and how bad everything is, my body is responding negatively to that. And those negative chemicals are affecting every cell in my body. So when God tells us to think on the things that are good, and when we know the truth, the truth makes us free, it's in our thoughts, it's in our attitudes, it's in our beliefs, it's in our actions, but it literally affects us in our bodies as well. I mean, storting our mind is one of the best things we can do for ourselves. And is it easy? No. Is it easy to preach? (laughs) Yes. But the more we practice this, we develop, we said it earlier, automatic patterns of thought, but towards the positive. Yeah, that's really good. I was thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, how it's a reflection of connection. Oh, yeah. Because we're created in the image of God, we can love. Mm -hmm. We can reflect his image. Mm -hmm. But when we connect with the spirit of God, right? When we connect with his his spirit, we're getting an aspect from him that we could not do on our own strength. So we can love on another level that we could not do on our own strength. There you go. We could have joy on another level Mm. that we could not have joy before. We could have peace, the peace that passes all understanding. On another, beyond my own thinking, I can have the peace because it is a reflection of my connection with Him. And one of the last uh, expressions of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So yes, we have the ability to control ourselves on our own strength. But there is a level of self-control through the work of the Holy Spirit and connection with Him that we can walk in a self-control that is beyond our ability. So I would encourage you, if you're looking at your life and say, I've had these thoughts or I, I feel stuck in this cycle of thinking, recognize that you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. When you connect with Him, it it will actually give you the ability to control yourself beyond your ability to control yourself, which is pretty amazing. So are you saying, Joel, when we make a conscious choice to yield to the Spirit of God, that He will partner with us in such a powerful way that we don't even have to do it totally on our own strength? Well, I think there will be a grace there that 
that enables us to do it. Yeah. Like I said, we, as made in the image of God, we have the ability to control ourselves. We're volitional beings. Mm -hmm. But when we partner with the Holy Spirit, there is a level of self-control yeah. that I could not walk in in my own strength and my own ability. Just like there's a love that I can walk in that I could not produce on my own strength, a joy, a peace, patience. Well, I just think where one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000, right? And when Jesus, he only spoke the truth because he was in agreement with the Father, where the devil was the father of lies because he only agreed with himself. Yeah. But Jesus agreed with the father. And I just think of, I'm just thinking about the life exchange, I guess, the power of partnership. And when I look at you two with me, the three of us together can produce more together than we ever could do separately. But when we partner with the Holy Spirit, now we have just engaged the supernatural. We're able to do what is beyond the natural. And I began to think about moments in my life where I did things and I go, God, that was not me. That was you. And so you just so inspired me with what you just said, Joel, because that's so powerful. Because when I partner with the Holy Spirit, it engages the supernatural. So yes, I stored my soul, but when I partner with the Holy Spirit, it releases the supernatural power of God to empower me to walk in that way. So you were talking about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, but I, as you were talking, I was processing and thinking about that there are people within our life that we need. We, we, we talk about exchanging life. Mm -hmm. So can you see if we don't have good thoughts to, towards those people around us, how that can be a deterrent, a deterrent to receive life? Oh my gosh, yes. So I would challenge you that when, I, I understand when you're around people and you get familiar with them, they really can be irritating, right? <laughs> it's kind of like before you get married, you know, your, your, your potential spouse has broccoli in their teeth and you're like, isn't that so sweet and lovely? Oh, the little cute uh, broccoli. But then once you're married, you're like, man, I can't stand that person. They always have broccoli in their teeth, you know? <laughs> So can you see why it's so important to think good thoughts with those around you? Because those are the ones that we're going to be exchanging life with. And if we um, don't honor them in our thoughts, yeah. it will actually be a deterrent to that exchange of life. Yeah, the moment I do not value you, I cease my ability to receive from you mm -hmm. and to partner with you. Yeah. So that is so good, Joel. Wow. That was kind of off topic a little bit. I think bit, we but... will always trail off the validation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we always go to that. <laughs> but hey, you know what? It's better than devaluing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and if that becomes, you know, the grid through which I think, then I'm going to put a check on what I think about someone. It's mm -hmm. like, I will not allow my mind to go there. And, but when you... And, and I know that for me, it's Holy Spirit revelation from the very beginning, you know, uh, what he put in my heart and what how he moves through me. But the fact is, when you were talking, Joel, about that, I just really began to see such a greater level of the supernatural manifested in our life in the simple things of a thought. Mm -hmm. 
just by partnering with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Without him, we can do nothing, right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, and I think just inviting him in to, um, to this process. Okay, I want to change my thinking. Holy Spirit, help me change my thinking. And <laughs> just inviting him into the process. Uh, he, will, he will highlight, illuminate things to us uh, throughout our days. And then it's just agreeing with it, partnering with it. Am I going to um, keep doing what I was doing or am I going to do the brave thing, follow the Holy Spirit's leading and change that thought? I'm a big person on practical solutions. So can we just end this one by just, and it, we don't have to talk on it long, but like what are some ways that we can change our thinking? We, talk, we talked about meditating on the Word of God, meditating on truth. What are some other ways? I believe surround ourselves in a culture that is life-giving mm-hmm. and relationships good. that are life-giving. Yeah, that's good. We need each other. Yeah, and I think with that, it's also setting boundaries with people in your life who are not that, who are not life-giving. You may not be able to um, remove yourself from connection with them altogether, but um, boundaries is powerful work. Uh, just saying, you know, I, I'm doing a lot of self-work right now um, and I'm just choosing to focus on positivity. Could we keep our conversation centered around that? So boundaries, I think, is an important step here, especially when you're talking about other people. And then another thought, um, it, it's not really related to what we've talked about, but I've just recognized so much that when people are battling with their thoughts, they tend to be very past-focused uh, mm-hmm. on what has happened to them, on what experiences they've gone through. And really that's how our memories are developed through things that have happened to us. Um, But I've just noticed that the more a person stays in the past and rehearsing the things that have happened and rehearsing the negativity, the more those things do become a profit for the future. And it's just this ongoing cycle. And so it's not that we... um, pretend that we don't have a past, but I think focusing on the future and focusing on the the fact that there is power, that you have power, that the pen is in your hand to, to write the next chapter uh, allows you to not stay stuck in the, the beginning um, of the story. And so um, just recognizing that there's hope, there's future, there's good. Your future does not have to be your past. And just focusing on that there that there is future kind of helps you to move forward in in different ways of thinking. Yeah, it's really important to understand that our thoughts are agents of change. Yes. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I was thinking about, you know, if if I go into a room expecting to be rejected, Mm -hmm. it's going to show in my body. Mm -hmm. So I'll avoid people or when people talk to me, I'm going to have walls up. I'm not going to be open. But if I go in thinking, I'm going in for connection and relation. I'm going to go in automatically open to those things so that I can receive it. So understand if we want our future to look differently, we got to think about those things now. Yeah. I think it's important to recognize too that this is a process. We won't renew our mind in one day completely, totally. Um, But you'd be amazed. Yes, Even a small step can produce a big result. In fact, uh, every little thing we do matures us. Everything we do advances us. And the fact is, how do we develop a habit? By doing something for 21 days. Yeah. Now, when we can uh, 
add another 62 days to that, you know, a little over two months, the fact is we can develop whole new automatic patterns of thought. And that sounds simple and it sounds <laughs> fast, uh, but that is a daily process. Yeah. And we might fall, but we'll get back up and we'll keep on going. And we're all a work in progress. So I, I think that we we don't want to give ourselves ungodly grace, meaning, well, you know, God's just merciful. He allows me to think what I want, and he does allow us to think what we want. But to uh, to recognize that his grace, which means his ability, his is, enablement, his enablement, exactly, is right there with me, and I'm going to run to the author and the finisher of my faith. And it's going to take time. It's going to take uh, habits, uh, thinking habits, believing habits. and But what's great about this is the more victories you have, the more confidence you build. Uh, we talked about convinced. You know, mm -hmm. Eve was convinced of the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. But soon we can become convinced that I can do this yeah. because mm -hmm. now I'm starting to see I have peace. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm walking in greater measures of of uh, confidence in relationships and in in what I'm able to bring to the table. And I look at other people and I view them differently because I'm thinking differently. The more of those victories you get under your belt, the more convinced you're going to be that this is this is a battle I can win. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, scientifically, uh, the process of changing the brain is neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. Our brain can change. There's tons of science out there uh, now on that if you want to look into it. But I thought, you know, who created neuroplasticity? Who created our brain? God created those functions for us. So yeah, he wants to help us to do this. And so, um, yes, he created those structures, which thank you, thank you, God, that he created our brains, that they're not just um, set once and, and that's all we get, but we can actually work with our design to change and biblically speaking, transform our mind. And he is going to be there empowering us, equipping us, enabling us to do it all along the way. So very grateful for that. Yeah, and I think there's one little other scientific fact I want to bring to the table because it's so powerful that every thought we have influences every DNA strand in our body. Wow. That is huge. Mm -hmm. So if my thoughts are life-giving, then my DNA strands are going to reflect that. Mm -hmm. And when we think, you know, if you're in an age where uh, you don't have children yet, man, the more you can deal with the thoughts of your mind, you are affecting every DNA strand. So when it comes time for you to have your babies, how is that going to affect those babies? I'll tell you, it's very powerful because to those who love God, we're going to see his blessing and favor, what, for a thousand generations. Yeah. So what we do and what we choose to think upon will impact a posterity. Yeah. All right. Well, since you had the last word, I guess I'll have the last word. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's one more scientific fact that I would like to... <laughs> You got me. I was curious. I was like, oh, he's bringing science today. You know, I just had to be sarcastic. So. <laughs> One thing I do want to say, not about this, but if you guys have a topic that you would like to hear us talk about, uh, we got a lot of things to talk about, but if there's something that you would like maybe our perspective on, uh, feel free to reach out to us. So, But anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks right, a bunch. And gals. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. 
We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.